understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of The Stranded Podcast. I can't thank you enough for joining me on this journey, continuing to listen in, listen in and, uh, and just love my guests. Um, I love that we get vulnerable and real on here, and that's why I am really excited about today's guest. I met her one time. We had um, a great coffee date, and then a couple weeks ago, I saw her at a woman up, uh, woman women's empowerment event. It was called Woman Up, right? Woman Up, mm-hmm. and uh, she spoke on a panel, and just her words and her value and her knowledge in business and marketing. And this recent book that she's written, I can't wait for you guys to hear from her. So I just want to introduce Miss Ivy Box. Hey, hey, hey. How's everyone doing? (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Listen, I'm going to ask the question that for my audience who may not know you now and will know you soon, uh, is Ivy Box your real name? Technically, it is. So... um... (laughs) When I, I just, say technically it is, a box is actually my last name. That is so that's it, like a name that I made up. Ivy is like a shortened version of my government name. Got it. Um, they've been calling me Ivy since like preschool. So it, it is <laughs> or a, since before preschool. So I yeah. think you trademarked that name. <laughs> I actually have trademarked that name. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I have trademarked that name because like. It doesn't matter where you go on social media. The reason why all my social media is Miss Ivy Box, M-S-I-V-Y-B-O-X, is because somebody, some girl from Asia (laughs) always seems to have Ivy Box because they have, like, physical Ivy boxes, like a jewelry box with Ivy leaves on it. Wow. So it's always taken. And then there's another company that has another product that everybody hits me up about. And they're like, hey, I didn't get my order. And I'm like, that's not me. I wish I owned that company. (laughs) I wish I owned this company, but I don't. I'm an author. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the other Ivy Box. So, um, yeah, I had to trademark that thing, girl. <laughs> Listen, it could, it could be worse. You could have a real common name like Jessica Hurley. Like, <laughs> really? I haven't really heard Hurley, though. It, I'm, Jessica, yeah. You're right, yeah. It's, it's real common. Jessica who? There's a million of us. <laughs> so, for my for my audience, tell us a little bit about you and about your journey, your FAMU grad. You had some pretty cool... Oh, no, no, no. Not FAMU, girl. Uh-oh. What, where did I mess this up? University of South Florida. Go Bulls. Why did I think that you were in... What? No, I went to full sale for graduate school. I'm, I didn't go to HBCU, although I probably wish I did. But um, <laughs> I won't hate on USF. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. I've been to plenty of homecomings, though. Maybe, maybe I saw a picture of you at a homecoming and thought you went there. <laughs> yeah, you did. And at the classic, and I probably went to a family alumni reunion, something. <laughs> I don't know. Hang around a lot of family nights or whatever they call them. So USF grad, you had some really neat experiences after college. Tell yeah. us a little bit about you and about uh, what you did right after college. Oh, girl, where do I start? Okay, so I'm originally <laughs> I'm originally from Fort Myers, Florida, which is like the midway point between Tampa and Miami. That's how I like to tell people. Fort Myers got a little bit of a name now, but it used to be a little country town. People used, when you say you're from Fort Myers, they'd be like, where? Right. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm originally from Fort Myers, um, and I moved up to Tampa to attend the University of South Florida. Um, I had the bomb time at USF. I met so many different people. I was extra active. And um, while I was in school, I went from, I was originally a biology major because I was going to be like a neonatologist. Mm. 
But that really wasn't my true passion. While I was at college, that's when I started to get more into entertainment. So I was a part of like the campus activities board. I was um, I helped out with homecoming. I helped out with all these organizations. I was on the exec board. We threw concerts and parties and did all that stuff. Um, and that's when I decided, like, okay, clearly, girl, entertainment and business—that's like your thing. Marketing, promotions—that's your thing. So I ended up changing my major, like my junior year in college. Um, and I changed it to business marketing and then I started working right after college as a marketing manager for a corporate, um, gig. And then I was like, okay, this is straight. This is the ideal job, you know, um, 401k salary. It was like five minutes from, um, the new house that I had bought. So I didn't have to deal with traffic. How old were you at that point? I was 22, 21, 21. Oh, that's fantastic at 21. (laughs) Yeah, I was 21 because it's 18, 19, 20. Yeah, 21. Um, and, you know, it was the ideal job. Tuition reimbursement, everything. I worked at, I was in my major, you know, marketing manager, doing my thing. But I was just not happy. I, like, I knew there was more that I, I needed to do. Um, and there was more that I wanted to do. And I used to, I always, I used up all of my sick days and all of, like, my, um, you know, the times that you can call off technically um, to go to, like, whether I was helping out with local artists or whether I was throwing an event or going to like, um, or whether I threw a party the night before and, you know, couldn't make it to work. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, this is not the realm that I needed to be in. But I, I learned a lot from that job. Like, you know, I understood marketing. We did a lot of um, internet online marketing. Um, I learned how marketing department work. Cause it was like a, a, it was a corporate, a business it was a big, it was a, big mini corporation that makes sense everything was like in-house so they ran everything in-house they were nationally known but they did everything in-house so it was almost like a mini major label if you want to compare it to like the entertainment industry um so I learned the ins and outs of a marketing department like how it runs and works so I think that was probably the reason why like God had me there is just to kind of get that um that training that in-depth training from um the marketing department. Then after that, um, I started, of course I had called off one of these good old days and I ended up going to like, um, BT was doing like an event. It's it's like spring bling. They call it spring bling. They had moved it from Daytona to West Palm beach. And, um, I had met the cast of college show intern. I mean, college Hill, which was one of their, uh, reality shows that they had on the, on, on BT at the time. And it was the, College Hill was kind of like a college version of Real World that was on MTV. Some people don't remember Real World, but, you know, I'm like... I I remember Real World. I remember, like, the original cast. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, the original? (laughs) The first one? (laughs) But, um, yeah, yeah, so I met the cast there, and then um, that's... They had had kind of hyped me up to um, um, audition for BET College Hill Intern, which I thought was an internship. But ended up being like a reality show, which was kind of like the real world meets The Apprentice. Um, it was like their version, like their college version of that. And so I ended up making that show, and I used that as an excuse to quit my corporate job. <laughs> so I have a question at this point. So I'm like, I'm listening to you, and just honestly, but based on what you're saying, so you you have this great corporate job, you're making great money, you have a 401k, a pension, or retirement, whatever, at 21. And I feel like at this point, anybody would be like drooling. I made it. I made it. And then now you're not showing up to work. You're calling out. It's because you're not showing up. There's a few days I'm calling up. I don't want to sound like (laughs) pimping. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about all the people that are probably been in this situation before. And then what do they automatically think? They think, yeah, well, jobs are not for me. So now what, you know, like this is not for me. I'm, I'm terrible at this. This isn't my thing. Like it, it's not looked at as a positive thing. Yeah. And I, I had that aha moment. Cause I was like, it was while I was there. Um, I was like, I'm doing all this other stuff and I'm talking to people that have been working at that job. One of the ladies in the marketing department, she's been there for 38 years. Ooh. And 
I was just like, oh my God. And some of them had been there for like 20 something years. It's a great job, you know, but it was just like, I, I, I didn't see that as, as my life at the time. And I don't know if it's because I was so young, um, but I was just like, they don't look happy. None of them look happy. All of them were complaining. And I'm like, well, y'all been here for 28 years, so it couldn't have been that bad. So why is everybody complaining? But I think they were feeling the same thing. Like this can't be life. They would get there at eight, you know, in the eight 30 in the morning, they would, um, they would, we usually get out at five 30, but because of traffic and all that stuff, people would stay longer. And, um, if they didn't get their work done during the work day, they would stay longer. Some people would leave at like seven. Some people have even stayed to like nine o'clock and then come back the next day and do it all over again. And you can tell like people weren't happy. And, um, I had learned something. They were like, this is like, um, I forgot the word they use. It's like a vampire. These are vampire shifts because you come in when it's like, depending on how far they live, you come in when it's dark outside and you leave when it's dark outside. Mm -hmm. So unless you, until you, unless you go out for lunch, you don't even see daylight, you know? And I was like, this can't be my life. No, not, not right now. And I was like, you know, I done graduated. Um, I done did everything that they said you're supposed to do, you know, go to school. I got good, decent grades, um, get good grades, you know, graduate, get your degree, find a good job. And I did all of that. And then I was just like, okay, what's next? You know? And I knew that I had my degree. I had my AA, I had my bachelor's degree. I was like, you know what, if I go into another industry and it doesn't work out, I have those degrees to fall back on. And they always say that, you know, they say that with athletes, Oh, you should go to college and get that degree, you know, in case, you know, sports don't work out for you, you have something to fall back on. So shoot, I thought that applied to me too, you know, and I had a plan too. So it wasn't like I just went there. So I had my mortgage broker license. Uh, I was probably like a little over zealous or over ambitious, I guess. Because I had my mortgage book for life. And um, I was throwing parties. And our parties was very popular in Tampa. It was a paparazzi party. Everybody used to come out there. So we were making money from throwing the parties. And then I had my mortgage broker um, license. And I had already started like doing some stuff in that. So I was like, okay. If I go in there and I, um, and I leave this job, then I have those things to back back you know to fall back on those are things that I don't have to be in the office to do um while I figure out this whole entertainment thing so I have a plan so I don't want people to think that you just go in there and quit because that's what a lot of people I think do do to be like influencers or to start their online business and all that stuff is that they try to quit cold turkey oh my gosh that's such a thing like I see all these posts and these influencers, like, if you're not happy at your job, you need to push, you know, you need to pursue your dream job. Don't live your life doing this, this, and that. That's, I did, um, my second interview, I talked with a girl and, um, Megan Taylor. And she said at the end of it, I said, what's your best advice? And she said, do not quit your day job. Yep. Oh, oh yes. I tell them that all day, every day. Cause you can, you can work both, especially with the internet nowadays. It makes it a little easier. Now all of these platforms, like most of the people that, do online businesses. You can pre-plan your um, marketing materials. You can pre-plan your social media posts, your email blasts, all that stuff. You don't have to, you know, um, spend so much time working your job if you have an online business. Now, if you trying to start like a, another brick and mortar, or you're like a, um, you know, you're you're out, yes, restaurant yeah. or something <laughs> like that, then you might, you know, I, I recommend you stay at your job. You save up your money. You give yourself a deadline work on some stuff part-time and then when you're ready to go full blast and you have like that cushion that nest egg um then you go you know to this but if you're trying to start like an online business or be like some influencer or something like that then no you better keep your job because you're gonna need that extra money when those clients start to dwindle you know exactly i plan my posts i plan my emails out i plan everything at night I'll, i know i'll be up you know most nights i'm up to 1 30 after i put the baby to sleep at 8 30 and i'm doing i'm planning everything and then i'll be at work the next day and my boss will be like looking right at me and she'll be like when did you post this yeah. <laughs> when did you hope I didn't, I didn't see you on your phone I'm like girl I planned that out like I'm not gonna sit here at work and do this stuff this is done the night before the week before and there's so many tools out there for that like you really don't have to quit your day job until you're making a substantial amount of money or you set a goal for yourself and you reach it and you feel comfortable because people don't realize you have to as an entrepreneur you have to pay for your own health insurance you have to pay for everything out of pocket for your own business like it is not an inexpensive thing 
Mm-hmm. And people think that they can just find interns. And these days, you know, these, these college kids ain't trying to work for free. <laughs> Unless you're like a celebrity, like a super celebrity, or they, they feel like they can get something, you know, some followers out of following, you know, working with you for free. They're not trying to work for free. They're, they're either trying to, they're either working for credit. Most of them are working for paid internships. So you're going to have to put money aside for that too, especially if you want quality work. Cause a lot of them are turning their skills into businesses early. So they're charging for their service. Um, so and a lot, right. some of them, not all of them is, is worth it. You know? So it's, it's so, you got to pay the man, the, the taxes, I mean, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. government, like nothing really is free. Um, especially if you want to outsource and, and take some of the pressure off of yourself, you got to outsource, you know, you got to, everything to cost money. And the best thing to do is to have that, those savings or to have another source of income, because even while you're trying to establish multiple sources of income, um, sometimes it's not going to be easy to, to get a, a client base, um, that, that, that's consistent to, to pay for all of the bills and all of the things that you have to pay for. So you want to have some sort of source of income that's consistent. And if you don't have a huge savings or a huge loan or whatever, and yeah, working that day job, especially nowadays, because it's easier to do both. Like how you were saying that you do you pre-plan everything. You can be working your job so you're not slacking on your job um, and still have your business running um, with auto- automated posts and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the power of online. Mm-hmm. I have an entertainment question because yes. I think this is so cool that you came up in this and I can tell I've spoke to you several times and this is really something you're very passionate about. You know, you got you got into this place where you were great at throwing parties and events. Mm-hmm. I have to ask this weird question because I know a couple of female friends that really enjoyed this and got into it a lot. And it seemed for them, maybe this was never the case for you, but it seemed for them it was very hard to establish yourself as um, respected or successful in that industry as a woman and not being considered like a party animal or, you know, like, a I don't know, being called out of your name or like being taken seriously in the entertainment industry as like a promoter or a party planner or like, it's very hard for women to be taken seriously. I, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, from that aspect, because uh, you are around a lot of guys and it's at night, people learn inebriated most of the time um but to me it's all about the person and how they carry themselves i naturally if i'm just not like i i don't want to say i'm I'm not to say anything bad about anybody but a lot of women nowadays because that's kind of how the environment is when they're promoting parties they look like the bottle girls they're dressed like bottle girls they look like the bottle girls they they look like instagram models and all that stuff so a lot of times when you're first coming in people are going to look at you as that if they don't know that you're the one that's putting on the event they're going to look at you like that because that's kind of how a lot of the girls walk into the club you know um and there's no that's no shade to them um but me i didn't go there in a business suit but this was a different time. This is before all that Instagram and stuff like, you know, where everybody's being hella extra when they go out. We were, we had on our heels and I keep dressing light, light makeup. You know, I throw on a, a decent wig on or whatever. And I go to the club, do my business, still looking cute. But it was like, I don't know. I, you just knew I was there for business and fun. Um, so I, I think it's more about how you carry yourself. Um, and, and like, if somebody tries you, you gotta, you gotta kind of like stop them dead in their tracks right then there you can't you can and not in a like bitchy way or anything like that it's more like you let them know like hey welcome to my party you know i'm, I'm happy that you came out to this event we'd love to have you you kind of like you know you cater to them without flirting or without um you know and if they're flirting with you then you got to kind of nip it in the butt like even when i didn't have a boyfriend oh everybody swore i had a boyfriend because that's that's what I let. Oh, you know, my boyfriend wouldn't like that. Or, oh, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go talk to my boyfriend about that, you know, or whatever. Like, everybody saw I had a boyfriend. Because I was just like, okay, this would be easier than me trying to say. Plus, I didn't want to hurt people's feelings and stuff. I didn't want them, like, thinking that they could holler at me or whatever. And I just flat out turned them down. You know, guys are sensitive. They don't want to admit that, but they are. Um, <laughs> say it again, girl. <laughs> so so you gotta stroke the ego a little bit instead of like dissing them cold turkey. I just let them know that my boyfriend wasn't having that. But I do think too, it is about how you carry yourself. Absolutely. Um, um you know, because if you're acting just like the the little you know side chicks, then that's how they're gonna treat you. I agree, hundred percent. I've always been 
an advocate for the way you carry yourself as the way you'll be treated. And I've been called conservative and all types of other things, but I'm like, if you want to be respected, this is as a woman, you are seen one way only at first glance. And mm-hmm. you have to deter that by the way that you are dressed and you carry yourself. And I'm not talking about turtlenecks and ankle socks, yeah. but you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> exactly. In, in the cutest, <laughs> finest way possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I just, I can't, um, I agree with you. It's, it's in the way we carry ourselves. that is in turn the way people treat us for sure. Mm-hmm. So back to leaving your job. And joining this College Hill thing. Tell me about this. Because I remember College Hill. Yeah, so College Hill Interns was a spinoff version, which that that made me feel a lot more comfortable. Because I've always kind of been like a little funny about um, reality television, even though back then it wasn't as... um, When I say back then, I mean like almost like 10 years ago. It wasn't as... It was ratchet, some of it, but not as ratchet as it is now. So, um, But the spinoff was more of like an internship. So it was like the, like I said, the apprentice meets real real world. So we had the whole live in situation, but we also had, um, competitions in, in court, like corporate competitions. Like we had to do, um, I know we had to throw a party. So that was a good thing. We had to throw a party to fundraise for BT's wrap it up campaign, which is their AIDS awareness campaign. I remember that. Yeah. We had, we had Sean Kingston. Like we did something for McDonald's. Um, we, um, we had to do, uh, it was Burrell Communications, which is a huge um, media company in Chicago. Based out of, it's a black-owned um, company based out of Chicago. We had to do, um, they were promoting Toyota, the Toyota Yaris. That was like the first year I think it came out. And the Yaris was targeting like college students and stuff like that. So we had to do this. We had to create like a campaign and it was a competition between us and another team. And the the campaign, we had to recruit the people. We had to set up a photo shoot in Chicago. We had to do the, um, do the photo shoot. And then we had to present our campaign to the board at um, Burrell Communications. So then the winner would have their campaign published in a magazine in a huge publication. So, like, stuff like that, you know, we could use. It sounds like such an amazing experience. Yeah, and we can use it. It it was an internship, so we could use it on our resume. And that's what I liked about it, and that's what kind of gave me the, like, this. when I said, oh, this is my opportunity to get more into the entertainment industry, it was also something I could use to build my resume, you know? Um, So it was like a two-for-one. I was like, okay, if things don't work out, the way I was thinking that it could work out in my head, then I could still use this opportunity at almost like a job. Um, and then, you know, it was just like an unpaid internship, but sort of paid because you're on television, but. <laughs> <laughs> so did it lead to any unique opportunities, opportunities immediately? Yeah, because a lot of people recognize you from, you know, BET, especially back then was a big um, station there, the, that franchise, the College Show franchise, because we came right after College Show 4 and College Show 4 was like, at the time, the highest rated um, show on BET because of that particular season, College of Four. So we came in right after that season. So we were anticipated. You know, it was um, highly anticipated. We had a huge audience. Um, and to me, that's how I feel. That's what kind of opened the doors for some of the other entertainment things that I was involved in because people knew that I was from television. So if I wasn't there as like a, a talent, they knew I had a marketing background. They knew I was in entertainment at that point. So um, I could get gigs working behind the scenes because you're now you're part of the entertainment world, you know, and we got to do things like we went to hip hop awards and stuff. We were now part of the BT family. Whenever they did their like um, college tours, we would participate if we were nearby. So um, it was a great opportunity. It was one of those situations like when you have the platform, you take full advantage of it. And it helped me with my parties and stuff because now it's the girl from the reality show that's throwing the parties in town, too. So that helped as well, you know. So cool. Mm-hmm. So you now you've got all these great experiences. You've been on College Hill Intern, so you are really establishing and solidifying your marketing experience is what it sounds mm-hmm. like, and you're solidifying yourself in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So what happens after that? Was it like this rush of, you know, opportunities, and I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm going to do, or what happened? Oh, no, girl, I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I remember... <laughs> I remember right before the, 
No, it was after the show. After doing the show, um, um, I started working with some independent artists. I was like, okay, I, in entertainment, I want to work in television, film, and music. And I started working with some independent artists. And um, locally, they had just opened a hip-hop soda shop in Tampa. It was like the first of its kind. They had this huge grand opening. All of these celebrities came through. And I was just like, okay, this is a great opportunity. Like, how can I, you know, take advantage of this opportunity? I came in as talent because I had just did the show. But I remember I created like this business card, right? Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I I still have one of those cards. Um, I still have one of those cards, but it listed like everything that I knew I could do. Cause I just didn't know it wasn't, I didn't know specifically what I wanted to do. Like I knew I wanted to work in television. I knew I wanted to work in film and I knew I wanted to work in music, but what, you know? Um, Cause if the talent part didn't work, I was willing to work behind the scenes. I knew I could do all of these things. So I had a business card that was like mad general. It had like information about like, you know, this is, the, the names of the parties I threw, it had like my brand, my Miss Ivy Boggs, it had that I could be talent, it had that I can do marketing, it had that I can do you know PR, that I can do live events, it, you know, like it listed like a whole bunch of stuff. on the business card. <laughs> yeah, on the business card, like on the back of the business card, it was like a list of these are all the things that I can do. So it was like when I handed out my business card and talked to you, it was like, whatever you needed, this is what I can do, fit me in somewhere, you know? Right. Because my whole thing was like, I just needed a foot in like the reality show was a, was one foot, but you, you with entertainment, what people don't realize is you always need a foot because you're only as good as your last project. Really? Ooh, and that's why sometimes I, like I said, that. yeah, you're really as good as your, it is, it's kind of sad. That's why um people do stick to like nine to five jobs because they're safer. You know, like, you know, what's coming up. You know what you're doing. They're a little more boring, depending on what type of nine to five you have. Some nine to fives are fun if you can find the right one. Um, but with entertainment, whether you're an actor or or, or uh, artist or whatever, if you're not working, like we don't have a gig, then you're not working. Yeah. You're literally unemployed. I interviewed you know? um, Pooch Hall, who's an actor, mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago, and he said. You know, people don't understand how hard this is. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, people always say, um, he said, if you ask most people who I am, they don't know who I am. And he said, but I've been in, you know, Tyler Perry movies, huge roles. Yeah. And he said, and, you know, people always ask me, when's your next, you know, your next big gig? And I don't, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. people don't understand that I don't know. I've been working for 20 years to get the big movie. And I've yeah. yet to get the big movie that's going to secure me and my family for the rest of my life. So it's yeah, always a work in progress. Black Panther gig. That's what they are, you know, a franchise yep. gig. Yep. That's what yeah. he said. He said, I didn't make Black Panther, but I salute mm-hmm. everybody that did. <laughs> that's, that's hard. Like, and I think that's what people, and I think now people are a lot more open about that because back in the day, you know, that was the glamorous life. Right. And that's really like your publicist. That was their job to, to make it seem like, you know, you're living the glamorous life because studios don't want to struggle after either, you know? Right. Um, so, um, that, I think that's the difference between now and then now you can be real about it and people can understand like, this is not something that's glamorous. Like you literally have to work really, really hard. Some people will get lucky. Like people talk about like Kim Kardashian and stuff. I was like, don't think you can put out a sex tape and you're going to make it like how she made it. Right. That's not the work. Like, there was a lot of factors that played into that. There was a lot of engines that worked to make that whole situation possible. So, like, it takes work for anybody, even these social media influencers or social media phenomenons. Like, somebody had to record the, <laughs> they had to record all those videos. They had to be consistent with uploading those videos. They had to make sure that they did what they needed to do to get oh, the word out. so much work. It's, like yeah, a full, so it's more than a full-time job. Yeah, it's wait. That's why I was like, I know I have a degree, a master's in internet marketing, but I'm just not that invested in like to be sitting there all the time trying to figure out strategic ways to grow my following. I'm like, look, y'all want to follow me? Follow me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's a whole nother job. Like I, I I do like consulting and stuff like for people and businesses and stuff like that. But some sometimes after you do that all day and then you come to like your page, I don't want to sit there and, and do, do that the for same my page thing over and I over. Yeah, and I know that that bites me in the end of the day because, you know, when you're trying to sell stuff and stuff, you need to have a large audience, but it's a lot of work. It is, and that life looks so appealing to people, but 
I watched my boyfriend work from mm-hmm. sun up to sundown, like eight thirty, nine thirty, ten thirty. I got to work on this. I got to work on that. I got to work. I got to record this video. Like it mm-hmm. is so much work. Yeah, it is. And to me, I rather like I'm like, okay, do I want to get these social media friends or do I want to go out with my real friends? Like <laughs> right, right, and you want true, debate, you yeah. want true engaged uh, people to follow you for sure. Mm-hmm. But you said something about this business card, and this really got me thinking because we're talking about influencers and the culture now, mm-hmm. and how everyone's obsessed with this idea that you know you have to be focused. You have to know that one thing that you're good at. What's well, if somebody asks you what you do, you better be able to say it in a sentence. And um, oh, you were there, the Woman Up event we went to yeah. when Karen Civil, I loved it when she was like, don't, don't be scared when people ask you what you do and you're the CEO of you. Yeah, I love that CEO of you. That's why I say I'm a certified go-getter. That's why I tell people that because that's really what it is. And then back in the day when they used to ask me, what is it that you do? I used to say some of everything. And I was like, okay, I, maybe that doesn't sound right. But I literally was doing some of everything within the entertainment industry. Because it's kind of like nowadays, right? If you have like your business and you, you just started, you are doing some of everything. You're doing the accounting. You're doing the marketing. You're doing the branding. You're doing the promotions. You're doing the posting. You're doing, you know, responding to the emails. You're the secretary, the assistant, you know, or whatever. This so is like cross-training within an organization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you literally are doing some of everything, and, and that's really what I was doing, but I guess that wasn't so appealing. So my my skill set is, and I was watching, listening to another podcast, and, and I was telling some kids this, is that we all have that skeleton key, right? It, they're called, it's called a skeleton key. It's that, that thing that we're really good at, that kind of... Uh, that we're really good at that opens the door for everything else for us so um mine is marketing right so i have a background in marketing i've done a lot of marketing things but within marketing i have been able to work in corporate america i've been able to work in entertainment i've been able to work in government i have been able to work um as an entrepreneur you know all through marketing so we all have that thing um we might not be the best at it but is that thing that we're at least good at that opens the doors to other things? Um, and I think that's a healthy way to kind of be in some of everything. If you have that 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 single thread that kind of helps you through all of those different industries. And gone are the days really when a lot of when someone's working a job for 30, 40 years and then they retire. Most on average, they say what people stay in a job for two to five years and then they're either promoting or they're moving to another job for a promotion um they're you know moving to another city for something different or for more opportunities so um i tell people not to let that kind of weigh you down don't let anything weigh you down at this point in time there's like literally people can do some of anything like when 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 have we ever been in a time when a kid says that i am playing video games all day and they're literally like the richest youtuber like right <laughs> right like I'm, I can't, I can't, if, if so, you can't be broke out here right now. Like you just yeah. can't, there's too many opportunities. You could literally mm-hmm. be whoever you want to be. Like people that yeah. are struggling, I'm like, listen, you, you haven't done enough research. You don't want it bad enough. Cause there's too mm-hmm. much, way too much opportunity out here. You can, you can self-create, you can lead, you can, whatever you want to do. Like you said, yeah. just using that one thing that you are good at, or you're even passionate about. Mm-hmm. But I thought about what you said as soon as you said that, I thought, oh, my God, you know, there's probably so many people out there that they'll be 40, 50 years old before they find out what that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. Some people don't take them time. And then what I try to do is I don't want to shame anybody because sometimes it's, it's going to take you like some people to take them two two days to figure something out. Some people will take them 20 years to figure out something. But as long as you figure out something, you know, and um, don't don't let like what societies don't don't allow society's timeline to be your timeline you know even when it comes to kids and marriage and in um oh after graduating college like i got lucky and found and um well it wasn't luck but <laughs> i got a job after like a really nice job after college um and some people they it take them it takes them years after college to get that you know um but that isn't just because my like they say don't judge your chapter your chapter one, one to get somebody else's chapter twenty six or whatever, you know. 
you don't know what they had to do to get what they wanted. And even some of these overnight successes, there's a lot of people that are very rich and wealthy, but I would not trade places with them because I do not want to have to have gone through what they went through to get what they got. Right. I, let me stay here and be my, you know, little thousandaire um, is, is without <laughs> the struggle. You know, right, without the pain and the problems. Like Kanye, you know what I mean? And, and that's a millionaire. You would, but you would you want to trade places right now with him? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not I hope that you get better my brother <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Kanye you have to tell me tell us uh, tell the audience about this you this unique opportunity that we discussed where once you were in the entertainment industry who did you end up working for in Fort Myers yeah so originally I worked with an artist called Haitian Fresh and then from there there's an artist that um that's from my hometown fort myers and he was uh really blowing up locally and nationally he's uh his name is plies and um we would run into i met him a long time ago prior to um and we ended up reconnecting one time one night and uh not one night that sounds so bad <laughs> you're in the entertainment industry though that's when you see people <laughs> <laughs> Let me clarify that, okay? <laughs> I ran into him at like the Hard Rock, okay. the Hard Rock Cafe. I ran into him and I had, gave him one of those cards that had everything on it, girl. <laughs> I can do all of these things. <laughs> I can do all of this thing, all of these things. But now he had remembered. He remembered me. He recognized, remembered my face from um, before. And then, um, so we would run into each other. Like I ran into him at the Hip Hop Awards. We ran. He would do a lot of his music videos in town. Um, I would go out there to the music videos and stuff and, um, not to be in them <laughs> to support, you know, at that point in time I had a name. So since I could do a little cameo, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there was this one time we were at a, um, on set for this one video and, um, he, he was kind of by himself doing his own thing and his brother had an assistant and, and, and he was looking for an assistant. And I was like, well, shoot, this is a, this a door in, you know, I was like, well, you know, if you are looking for one, I can be your assistant and I can do um, all these other things clearly from my card. So I could do marketing or whatever. So I went from being an assistant um, and shortly after um, working in the, well, being a chief marketing officer for their independent label. Um, and that was like a fast thing. That's where that, that whole, when I worked in corporate America and aside from what I was doing in college, but what I did in corporate America and what I was doing in town with the parties and everything, like all of that kind of came into play during that because they were a mini, uh, a mini major label, you know, so it was an independent label. It was a uh, slip aside and it was Atlantic. So we got, to, I got to work with all those entities and, um, because we were so small, me working in that corporate office marketing department, I was able to implement all of those things into um, this marketing department. So I would outsource for graphics, graphic design. They had a nonprofit. I helped with the nonprofit, um, building that and creating scholarships. And then I would go to these different schools. Like we went back to Fort Myers and we gave away scholarships at um, different high schools in Fort Myers. They had like um, a model brand, but they were managing models. So we were managing that stuff. I threw like, you know, uh, album release party, me and another young lady, Miss Amy, we threw um, uh, his second album release, his second album's release party. Um, and I did the whole Super Bowl. He did like a whole Super Bowl week. And I helped me, him, me, his brother and um, the artists and um, the managers. We all planned this whole Super Bowl week, but I was like the one in charge of it. So um, that was an amazing opportunity. I love the entertainment. Um, I love doing the music. And that really gave me like a real crash course in the music, music, music industry. Cause before it was more like super independent artists and, and super local stuff. And then that, and with that, I was working with a, a, sort of like an independent major artist, you know, because we still did stuff independently with other artists that were signed to the label. And we worked with, um, you know, I remember Khaled at the Busted Baby video shoot coming in. He walked into a um, he walked into the trailer with his new artist, which happened to be Ace Hood, and he the same way he is now. That's how he was back then, and he would call the office all the time for features and stuff like that. So I'd be on the phone with them, and it, it, it's like amazing to see like people that grind and that same work ethic. Even even that artist, even Plaz, like their work ethic is what maintained them throughout all of these years because they worked 
every single day on their craft, you know? Um, That was an amazing, amazing experience. But after a while, I knew just by how things were going with the industry, how things were going with rap and being in that whole hip hop world, that it really wasn't the where I needed to be at that time. And, you know, it's one of those things that one of the situations that you love to do, but you knew that there was something more that you needed to do, or you felt like, um, maybe this isn't the best situation for myself because I can't be talking about women's empowerment and they handing these girls, these busted baby, uh, t-shirts. So, <laughs> you know, no offense, you know, right. I mean, I love that song, you know, Becky, I love that song, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but it just didn't fit, right. you know, but anyway, I won't go too deep into that whole thing. Um, so it was, it was time for me to do something else. So, I just listened to you say all this and realized I totally did you a disservice because I'm listening to this and thinking I did not give enough information about you in the intro because you have done so, so much more like (laughs) the the entertainment management and the music industry. And I forgot that you had a nonprofit and now you're an author. So it's like, I think of that quote, every time I see you on social media, I always think of that quote that says something like I saw it again the other day, and it, it literally makes me think of you. It was something like uh, the the mistake that women continuously make is they think that respect is given and mm. respect has to be taken. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I see you everywhere. And I'm like, this girl does not take no for an answer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that work ethic? And I, I, I learned from all the people that was successful and it's not to say that I work and I grind and I hustle every single day because I don't I take my nice little breaks okay when I don't (laughs) self-care is real yeah it's real like I take my time like if I don't feel like doing this today that means I need to take a break because there's something you know I'm not one of them people that want to burn the midnight oil back in the day that was the thing you know burn the midnight oil but no, you got to get some sleep I look a hot mess when I don't get no you know (laughs) like that's not cute so um, you have to, I don't want to say balance, because it's like they say it's a juggle more so than a balance. Um, but I, I try to juggle. And, I, and, I, and that work ethic that I've seen, like most of these success, successful people is their work ethic. It's not like they're the best at what they do. They're the most consistent. They're the most disciplined. And that's why they succeed. You know? But yes, I do have a nonprofit. It's called Voice the Movement. It's a, um, it's a nonprofit that's about four years old now. And you just did an event in Fort Myers. Yes, I did. So for the um, the first four years, every January, we do this youth empowerment workshop. And we did it in Tampa for the first four years. And then this year, I was like, you know, I need to do something in Fort Myers. Um, because that's the city that I was born and raised. That's the city that gave me the most. Um, and it was time for me to get back to, um, to Fort Myers. So, yeah, April 14th, we went back to the Stars Complex. And the story behind that is that Deion Sanders, so Deion Sanders, if you're watching, he was a, a really big football player at the time, and he's from Fort Myers. And I remember watching in the news when I was a little girl, he had just came out with his shoes, and he donated like a boatload of shoes to a bus full of Stars Complex kids. And so I remember sitting there watching the news as a little girl and say, oh, my God, I want to be able to do that whenever I become. I used to say whenever I become rich and famous, I want to um, I want to come back and do that for the kids in Fort Myers. And so fast forward, I'm not like super rich and famous, but I'm blessed, you know, um, but I was just like, I have a nonprofit. I'm doing these events for kids. This is the opportunity to do what I said I wanted to do back then for the kids. And the Stars Complex actually partnered with us. So that was like amazing to me because I was like, oh my God, this is the same building that he did his event at. So they partnered with us. We did the event. The mayor came out, spoke to the kids. Um, and I, 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 I thought I was just going to do it that one time, but now I have a feeling that I'm going to try and galvanize the community and um, bring it back one more time to Fort Myers, though. That's so awesome. I saw the pictures and it looked so amazing. And I know what the feeling is like when you do something like that in your hometown. It's yeah. completely different. Yeah, it was, a, it was a different feeling than from the ones that I did before. It's because it was just you were in your hometown and you remember like these areas. You remember some of the people, like a lot of my friends from like 
elementary school and middle school, like those are some of the people that volunteered, you know, they were the adult volunteers. So it was just such a great feeling. And then when the mayor came out and kind of like stamped the whole thing, I was like, okay, (laughs) yeah, we need to keep going. Yeah. Well, now, but, I, now I see why you don't work for Plies anymore. <laughs> I don't want that to sound bad. because No, I totally understand. Great, it was a great opportunity. I loved that entire experience. Um, I mean, of course, you're not going to love everything 100%, but it was a great experience. I would never trade that experience. Right. But this <laughs> is a big purpose, too, for you. And, yeah. I, and just there's something about the importance to me of doing something that sets your soul on fire. Yeah. And with just with us talking about it, I I mean, I can see you because we're on Skype, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I you're smiling from ear to ear talking about this event. So this is so it, this is truly something that just lights you up. Yeah. And so yeah. sometimes it's it's you have to move on, you know. Mm-hmm. So you uh, he need to come like we do this event again. It'd be nice if he, you know, swing by and make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> and Dion too, Dion Sanders. What's funny is that his um, girlfriend now, Tracy Edmonds, she was the executive producer of College Hill. The wow, show that I was on. So, that's so funny. Yeah, we need to all work together, you know. <laughs> Listen, if you if you know them like that, then I always feel like that's God's plan. Like it's like you know too many people in a in an inner circle, and it's like oh, we were I keep seeing you, or I already knew you, and now you're in this place. It's meant for us to work together. Yeah, that's. So you go from working for Plies running this nonprofit organization. Um, and then now you've written this awesome, amazing goal getter book, the yes. three, six, five, go get hers guide. Yes. So three, made three, five, you do this. Go get hers guide is her stands for happiness, education, respect, success. It's what you want, when you want it, how to get it, make it happen. And that's so serious for women. Like that's yeah. so serious because we are just, I have this talk with people all the time and you know, some people might disagree, but I just feel like there's still so much ground to be made for women. Yeah. Like and yeah. it's just the way that we ask for things and the way we negotiate yeah. and what we accept and what we expect. Like we just are a lot of us by nature. And I don't want to use the word submissive, but yeah. we just take, we take the least, we take the lesser amount and we accept it. And we just yeah. think we're supposed to be happy. Yeah, we're we're givers by nature, as they yes. say. So we're always giving, 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 and uh, we receive every now and then. But it, you know, we're mainly giving, we're mainly that support system. And now times have changed, where a lot of times we are forced to be the provider in a lot of situations and we deserve to be compensated as such because sometimes you know our men gotta fall back and um work the household while we lead in the corporate area or you know vice versa there's still a level of respect i don't think it's a bad thing um if your wife is more of the leader in the household like not in the household but like it maybe work and stuff like that um, I don't think that it's a bad thing if it's an understanding. You know what I mean? If y'all have this understanding, whatever works for you all works for you all. And I don't think the woman should be punished for being either successful or being very ambitious and determined, you know, because it might be her idea that helps catapult that, your whole family, you know? Right. Um, and he can still lead in certain areas. I, I just don't think that, I just don't think that just because your, your girl is empowered, that that means that the guy isn't empowered too. Why can't both of y'all be empowered? Exactly. (laughs) There's enough empowerment to go around people. If you end up in a relationship where you're empowered and your significant other is not run in the other direction because (laughs) you're going to grow apart. It's bound to happen. Mm -hmm. So you both need like, like I always say, it's not about the, um, I don't like that whole better half thing. I think we both need to be full and um, we both need to overflow and whatever we're overflowing is what we're giving to each other because that's the healthiest. I think that's the, that makes for a healthy relationship is when we're both feeling ourselves and then what overflows is what we can give to each other and to our kids and to everybody else. Because I mean, there's going to be times when, you know, your cup gets a little dry and maybe times when his cup gets a little dry, but y'all got to be people that's able to fill it back up, you know, individually and together. If that makes sense. Yeah, when I was at the that event, that panel you said on, C, I think it was Sierra Range. 
Mm. She said something so cool. And maybe it was just the, no, it wasn't her. It was, I think it, maybe it was the gentleman on the mail panel. Somebody mm. said something like, if you're an entrepreneur or you work multiple jobs or you're working really hard to grow something big, you have to be with a partner that understands that I might give you, it was Sierra. I'll give you a hundred percent one week, you know, and next week I got a business trip and I got this and I might only give you 30%. And then the next week I might only give you 50%. But after that, I'm going to give you a hundred percent. And you just have to be, you have to know that you won't get a hundred percent of me every week, but you Mm -hmm. will get a hundred percent for me. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's so true because you have to be really willing to accept those days where things don't make sense or you in a relationship, you are really coexisting because you're both so busy and you don't have time to think and you don't have time to be affectionate. You don't have time to empower one another or the other person is drained. Like you said, their cup is drained. Like it's sometimes it is just not flowers and butterflies. Like, <laughs> and it's okay. That's right. The thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. Everything's so accessible now. People are like, oh, this just doesn't work for me. I'm out. Like, on to the yeah. next. And it's, yeah. Like, yeah, no, we, we, yeah, we stuck. Yeah, we, we're stuck. We're, we're stuck. stuck. We're stuck. Yeah, we're like, look, we're going to have to deal with it. We're going to figure this out. How do we fill your cup again? <laughs> yes, exactly. So, what are some of your readers saying? Um, like, what's the common uh, commonality that you keep hearing? Like, is their favorite part of the book? It's a, I know that sounds bad, but it's. Like uh, all the whole book, <laughs> <laughs> the whole book is great. Cover to cover, though, because okay, like I tell people, it's a guide. Um, it's a guide not only for the reader; it's a guide for myself because, like, you know, this is a stranded podcast. So within all of those times when I was going from, you know, around shifting my crown, as I like to say it, shifting different to different careers and different opportunities. Within all of those times, you found moments like right before I got the the music job with um plies and i was transitioning from working corporate and doing the um mortgage broker and the parties and stuff like that there came a time when the funds were starting to dry out because we stopped doing the party we stopped doing the parties and the the economy crashed so a lot of people weren't buying houses and then that music industry thing it it, it, kind of happened a little fast but there was still a little dry period where i was just like I, i wasn't sure where to go i was like should i go back to the job that I was at, should I start, you know, putting in my resume to go back to corporate America? Then I happened to get that opportunity. So that helped out. Um, And I had to negotiate a situation with that whole thing. You know, like, yeah, it wasn't just about like, oh, let me go and work for this rapper. It was like, no, I need to negotiate a situation. I got a degree. (laughs) I need to be be compensated for my skills. Yeah. You know, I I have to bring a lot to the table, you know, Um, proposals, negotiation, all of that stuff. Like that had to happen. Then after that, um, after um, leaving there and then starting um, a PR music and marketing company, like, you know, I'm starting a new company. I'm going from being comfortable to making a lot of money and then going into my own situation. You know, of course I saved, but it was like, I'm going now, I'm go- now I'm going into my own situation. So you're going up and down. So just throughout those years, you know, trying to figure out what it is, what specifically I want to do. And then not knowing, you know, like what you don't want society to be like, is it, being an entrepreneur now is like super cool but around that time it was kind of like people were looking at you like you was just unemployed you know what I mean? like you're cursed you, like you were working on a business because you didn't have a brick or mortar situation you had something where you had to have a website and do all that stuff so people were looking at you like you just you know unemployed right so um I need. I needed a guide. I was listening to a lot of self help books. I was going to a lot of conferences and seminars. I was working in the um, music industry, going to panels and stuff like that. And um, I was reading a lot of books that I would hear, like Oprah and, and Iyanla, and you know all these people talk about. And um, I was just. I took a lot of notes and I saved a lot of my notes. And I had the idea to write the book when I first got into the music industry, but it was going to be about like this boss chick. You know, before this whole boss thing was popular, it was going to be about being this boss chick and being on top of your game and, you know, just this entertainment, jaggernaut, whatever. And then throughout the years, going through ups and downs financially, you know, um, socially, physically, mentally, spiritually, just trying to figure out um, different directions and what was going to work for me. Then I was like, you know what? All of this information I'm getting from these books and these audio books and stuff like that, it's been really helpful for me. And there's a lot of times when I'm like stuck in one area where there's about money, goal setting or whatever, and I need to reference back these notes. So I was like, 
maybe that's what I need to make the book about. Maybe it needs to be about that. Like, you know, child should be what you want, when you want it, how to get it, make it happen. Like when you're stuck, when you're in your stranded period, um, when it comes to finances and when it comes to goal setting, when it comes to creating a vision for setting a foundation for paying it forward for, you know, whatever it is, you, you can have this guide to reference back and I can have the guide to reference back too. And I knew if I needed something like this and there was plenty of other women that needed it too. So that's really how the book came about. That is awesome. And so it's almost like you translated it in the way that it would best read to you. Yeah. And yeah. and we all know, right? Like there's definitely someone out there like us. Yes. That reads like us, that thinks like us. Yeah, you have a tribe. That's what they say. A bunch of mini yous. You have a tribe. But you you have definitely written this book with the idea um, similar to this podcast. Like mm-hmm. how, how do I set these goals in a way that – I get moving, I move forward and I get out of this phase where things are clear, you know, there's no clarity and yeah. how do I, how do I self-improve, mm-hmm. which takes a lot of time for some people. It takes a long time where people yeah. are comfortable and they don't realize like mm-hmm. that self-help, that self-improvement is really the key to you getting to the next level. Yeah. And it's ongoing. It's so ongoing. Yeah, even when you're at that next level, you still have to nurture yourself. You still have to, you know, feed your soul, feed your spirit, feed your mind, body, you know, you still have to do that. I try to be honest almost every episode with people about this because I can't stress the importance of like feeding your mind outside of education with like books and self-improvement and self-help and self-assessments even, you know, feeding yourself with that stuff because Three years ago, I, re- I I promise you, I didn't. It's not that I didn't believe in it, but when people were like, "Oh, read this book," or "Have yeah. you listened to Tony Robbins?" or "Have you listened to this person?" <laughs> I was like, "There's nothing wrong with me. I don't I don't need it. Like, what? Why? I don't need therapy. What is why?" Yeah. And I was so against it. And then just getting into it, like I'm like, "Where? What was I doing with my life before this?" Yeah, you get like this whole other like jolt of energy, and you start to like. Um, what was it? It was, uh, it wasn't seated of the soul. It was one of the books. I don't think it was for agreements, but it was when I had like a, you, you'll have your aha moments yes. when they, they talked about purpose. And I used to think when I was going through a stranded period and I was just like, why can't I find my purpose? Like my one purpose, you know, like how Oprah and Yana are always talking about your one purpose. And in the book, and I mentioned it in my book, um, I think it was outlier. No, anyway, I can't remember. I mentioned, I quoted where I got it from in the book. But it, it was saying how you have multiple purposes. Having a purpose in that one thing that you do, if your purpose is in everything that you do. Like you have a purpose as a wife. You have a purpose as a friend. You have a purpose as a, a mother. You have a purpose as a daughter, you know, as a businesswoman or whatever. So you serve a certain, you serve a certain purpose in every aspect of what you do. So that kind of relieved, like, I actually cried after I had read that because I was putting so much pressure on myself to find, find that one, one true purpose. purpose. Yeah, and that, that lifted this huge weight off of my shoulder. Because I was like, oh, I'm serving my purpose. That's what I, you know, when, whenever I'm doing the way I interact with people, like what I'm like in my the intentions and what I do, that's my purpose that I'm serving within all of those elements. Or your purpose in a season. Yeah, or your purpose in a season. Like yeah. I, I feel like you can be in a season like for a long time, like I, I I grew up thinking that my entire purpose was to serve at-risk kids mm-hmm. and because I loved it so much. It never felt like work. It didn't matter how bad the kids were. Like, I was like, this is great. The better you are, the better. The more that I'm like, I can change you. I'll help you. Like, oh, you're bad. Come here. Like, <laughs> but, and it's not that it's still not. I love it to death, but I've been on this journey now. I'm like, well, I can just help people. Like I yeah. enjoy helping people, you know, and I know yeah. that sounds silly, but it was, it took, it took me like a good six months to stray away from that. Cause I was so attached to that purpose. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I was doing something that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Like it was almost like, you know, when you're, you feel bad for doing something that is yeah. like, I don't know, selfish. Like that's what I felt mm-hmm. like. Like I was like, why do I feel bad about doing something else? Like I, I had to detach myself from that. But, and what I discovered from that experience is that you can have multiple purposes yes. and serve multiple purposes. Like, I love that you said that, that it took a weight off because mm-hmm. we're so stuck on this culture right now that like find yeah. your purpose and that's what will bring you happiness. 
mm-hmm. you can have numerous purposes. Like it's totally okay to love what you do right now. Mm-hmm. And there can be thousands of things that make you happy. It doesn't have to be that one thing. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So did you, yeah. I don't ever want to feed into negativity, but did you ever have any naysayers along the way? Like people that were like, oh, you write, you write a book. Like, uh yeah, you're always going to have naysayers. And sometimes they're not so direct. It's, it's more like, oh, maybe you should do this. Instead maybe of this. you should get so a like, job instead of writing that book. Yeah, you do that. You know, like, it's, it's one of, it's, it's, I've gotten a lot of those. But I, I've always kind of been, I'm a Taurus. And I, the only, I don't, I'm not even big on Zodiac signs. But one thing I know is I'm a little stubborn when it comes. <laughs> when it comes to like things like that, because even when my my one of my best friends from college, she would always t- like she believes I can do whatever it is that I want to do. Because ever since she met me, I always would say, "Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that." And I always end up doing it. I used to tell her that I'm going to be on BET when I was um in college. I didn't know, like you know, like I didn't know this opportunity was going to come and stuff like that. I just knew for some reason I was going to be on BET. I didn't know how or whatever. So um. It- <laughs> It's just a blessing. A lot, a lot of this stuff is is a blessing. When I think about it, because I can go on with stories and stories upon stories upon stories, and to me, at the end of the day, it, it, everything's a blessing. You, I don't take it for um, granted. The different opportunities, the good and the bad, I don't take any of it for granted. You know, like I, I love the fact that I had some struggles. Because now, in retrospect, when you're in it, when you're in the struggle, you're like, why? What? Why is this happening? What? What's going on? But once you finally get out, and you will get out of it, you learn the lesson that you were supposed to learn, and that helps to carry you over to the next thing. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Like I, people will be crying and talking to me about something. And I'm like, I'm like, I wish you could see what I see, because mm-hmm. I see this as like the diversion, the mountain right now that. God's just telling you, if you would just get over it, not like mm-hmm. the situation, but just climb over this mountain, that mm-hmm. you're going to take everything that you learned on the way, and it's going to make you three times better in your next situation. And, then, and those naysayers, they're going to be your strongest supporters at the end of the day. So, oh, the, so more, the more naysayers, come on, you know, like look, what they call them, haze I hate when people like acknowledge haters. I'm like, come on, you know, bring them on because they're usually going to be your biggest supporters. They're going to buy your book. They're going to read your articles. They're going to watch your posts, like your stuff, you know, because I that's just that out for my email list. Yeah, that's just my subscribers. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Okay. <laughs> you like me like that? I yeah. didn't know we were there. <laughs> um, okay, so give me your best couple tools from this book, or maybe even what you would consider like your best pitch, because I really want people to check this book out. Why do they need to check this book out? This is an amazing book. It's a the it's a self help guide that's gonna help you figure out what you want, when you want it, how to get it. The the purpose of the book is for you to define what happiness, education, respect, and success means to you. And like I tell everybody, the sky is not the limit, it is only the beginning. And I know that this book will help um help you discover that within yourself. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Last question. Who is your Shiro. So you're your female hero. I know you probably have a million because I do too. But right now, who's the most inspiring female hero to you? I'm always going to have to go with uh, my mom. Um, I know that's the safe answer. If we're going to talk about like entertainment wise, like I always mention Suzanne the past. Um, I love Miss Michelle Obama. And, you know, once you start naming names, you're going to have to go through the whole list. It's so hard to just narrow it down to one because you pull from so many different people. You know, like they say, you come as one, but you stand as 10,000. And I pull from every last one of those people. Once one, uh, someone asked me the other day, they said, you, you mentioned so many influencers and uh, famous people on your podcast. Like, you know, how do you consider all those people to be your, your influence? And I said, I was so confused by the question. And then I thought about it and I said, that's, that's coming from someone that probably doesn't wake up every morning yearning for um, to to feed their mind for guidance. Because when I wake up, as soon as I'm like, "What am I gonna? What podcast am I gonna listen to today? What am I? What audiobook am I gonna listen to? Like, where where can I find some good information? I need to read a good blog. Like, if I don't do that in a day, and then I find myself being a crab by night, I'm like, 
Oh, oh, you didn't listen to anything today. You didn't, you didn't check out Oprah's podcast. Like you didn't, you didn't feed your mind, you know? And it's like, but when I talk to people like you and I, they always have like this laundry list, I, I totally, totally understand it. Cause I pull from everybody. Like I go through phases. Like right now I'm stuck on Oprah's, um, super soul podcast. Oh my gosh. Oprah, Oprah cannot do wrong. I don't care. Anything. I'm sure, you know, no, nobody's perfect but when it comes to like she knows her purpose and she knows her audience and she knows her mission like there's not a super soul sunday or a podcast or anything that i listen to that you even her magazine i have her magazines that you don't pull something from oh my gosh she turns everybody's story and she pulls stuff out of people's stories that i'm like wow that's her real talent she knows how to pull it out of you right you feel comfortable to be authentically who you are make you feel comfortable to speak your truth and that empowers everybody else because we all kind of have that that's our, we have that connectivity we're human we have that connectivity we are empathetic for each other no matter how hard everybody tries to act like we're all empathetic for each other and at the end of the day we all want love and, and to be recognized and to be heard and to be you know um to have our own community and our tribe you're so right i just um did a 15 minute episode where i talked about uh the feeling that people want to have after they accomplish stuff and it and how I really realized recently that like, um, and with a lot of people is that you think you want respect, but you really want love. Yeah. You want yep. to be loved, you know? So, so crazy. So much to learn out there, but I just have to say, this was so awesome. Thank you, Miss Ivy Box for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell my audience where they can find you on social media, where they can get your book. Yeah, and, and you know, now I'm a two-time author, right? Oh, that's I, right. This, yes, I just recently, recently launched the pre-orders for my second book, which is the 365 Go Get His Guide. So it's the it's the male version of the 365 Go Get Hers Guide. Um, that's in pre-orders, and everybody can find out more information about that on my website, MissIvyBox.com. That's M-S-I-V-Y-B-O-X.com, and I'm Miss Ivy Box on all social media platforms. So real quick, other other than the obvious, which is that the book is for a male and it's the male version, what what's very different about this book than your Go Get Hers? It, it, it speaks from a male perspective. So like even like some of the references and stuff there is more masculine. Um, I thought that there was very interesting because <laughs> I was just like, at first I was like, you know, I'm just going to change this, change it. But I was like, no, I actually got to like really delve into this and change like a, a lot of things in here just to um, so it can cater to the male audience you know um and plus the cover is like hot <laughs> <laughs> it really is i saw i saw the photo <laughs> no but it's a little better than the female you know, whatever Listen, so when does it come out so that i can buy it for chris <laughs> uh, pre-orders are now and anybody that pre-orders the book they will have it before father's day so if you want to use it as a father's oh, day perfect yeah. perfect yeah. there we go <laughs> amen all right um so for if you're looking for the relationship goals books she's got to go get yeah. hers and i go get his exactly. <laughs> you are awesome i'm so glad we got a chance to talk to you today um and just thank you again Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. And best of luck with the podcast. It's an excellent podcast. Keep doing your thing, girl. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded face is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.